Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. Nothing in life is free. Have you heard that before? I'm sure you have. Your parents probably told you that at some point. You need to work for it, whatever the it may be. You need to get off the couch and practice your instrument if you want to be any good. You need to study hard to make better grades. You need to work for it. Nothing in life is free, and it's true, isn't it? I mean, if you want to buy a car, you need to work and save up your money in order for you to be able to to purchase that car. If you want to have long, meaningful, lasting relationships, you need to put time, effort, and love into them in order for them to grow and to blossom. Nothing in life is free, and so that, that begs the question, does it cost anything to be a follower of Jesus? And at first, you might think to yourself, well, no, forgiveness of sins and faith are given to me freely apart from anything that I can do. And you're absolutely right. Faith and forgiveness are free gifts of God given to you without anything that you need to do to work for them. But the question isn't about, is there a cost to becoming a follower of Jesus? The, the question really is, does it cost anything to continue to grow as a follower of Jesus? And that question is answered for us today in our sermon verses and it's kind of shocking. Jesus tells us that not only does it cost something, but it costs everything. Jesus wants your whole life. You need to be all in or all out. There's no such thing as casual Christianity. There's not just a certain amount of time that you need to spend here on Sunday morning. There's not a certain amount of money that you need to put into the offering plate. It's not what Jesus wants. Jesus wants your everything. Jesus wants you he wants your life. And so, Jesus wants us to count that cost, to realize that it is a pretty high cost, but more than that, it's, it's worth the cost. So we hear that from Jesus this morning, and we see him as he's on his way from town to town. He's leaving one town to go to another to preach and to teach, and as he's on his way, He's realizing he's got quite a large group of people following him, got a large gathering. And it's kind of common back in those days for people to find someone that they really want to follow and to learn from. And it's kind of what we do today, right? In social media, you, you follow someone that you want to keep up on to, to learn from them. Maybe you watch a YouTube channel to, to learn how to do something. Well, what they did back in the day is they would find a, a teacher or the Jewish people would find a rabbi to follow and to learn from. The Greeks would find a philosopher that they really liked and they would learn from them how the world worked and why it works the way that it does. And so 
he had a large following. He had a lot of people following him, and no wonder why. If you weren't a Greek or a Jew, why wouldn't you want to follow this guy who can cure your diseases and, and feed you? So he's got a big following, and, he, and, he, and he's on his way, and he turns and he looks and he sees them, and he wants them to know that I don't want you to be a casual Christian. I don't want you to be following me just because that's what everybody else is doing or because I can heal your diseases or feed you miraculously. He wants you to be all in. And he wants you to realize that there's a cost to being a follower of Jesus. And so he turns to them and he says these these shocking words that we hear in the text. He says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife and children, his brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. How often do you think of these words when you think of the words of Jesus? Probably not too often. It's easy to remember the the comforting and the loving words of Jesus, which we should. They're, They're great for us. Scripture is filled with them. But maybe we don't think about these words as often as we should. Even though they may seem like they're not loving, it's telling us to hate our family, to, to hate ourselves and pick up our cross. In reality, these are loving words. They are tough love from Jesus our Savior. And so when you first hear these words, maybe you're thinking, maybe you're a little bit upset Maybe you're confused a little bit, trying to rationalize, saying that Jesus doesn't really mean what he's saying here. He's speaking in like a cryptic language. He doesn't really mean that we need to hate our family. Be honest with you, Jesus means exactly what he says here, but maybe not in the way that you're thinking. Jesus isn't saying that we need to throw out the command to love our neighbor and love our enemy. He isn't throwing away the fourth commandment, which says that we need to honor our father and our mother. He isn't saying that we need to make our lives miserable and hate our lives. He's saying that our relationship with him needs to be number one. He needs to say, he's saying, love me first. Love me more and love everyone else less. He doesn't want anyone or anything to come in the way of you and him being in a perfect relationship. So we hear these words, and and maybe they're shocking at first, but in reality, they're the truth. We need to take them to heart to realize that we need to love him first. We need to love our Savior more than anything else in this world. And so maybe you're you're sitting down at lunch with with a coworker, and you've grown, grown close with this coworker, and you've worked up the courage to say, I go to church and I follow Jesus and I love him, and the reaction isn't quite what you expected. The coworker that you've grown close to and have a good relationship with pushes it off to the side and says, I, I think if you go to church, you're kind of foolish. I think anyone who believes in, in God is, is kind of foolish and it's kind of a waste of time. So where do you go from there? Do you let your me-first pride mentality push God off to the side in order to keep that relationship with this person that you care about strong? Or do you stand up for your faith and realize that even if our relationship from here on out isn't quite the same what it was before, 
Do you at least know that your relationship with your Heavenly Father is still intact? Or maybe you have a, a child or a grandchild who's stuck in a specific sin. And not only are they stuck in a specific sin, but it seems like they're not really even fighting it anymore. And they're content in the way that they're living. So what do you do from there? Do you confront the sin and realize that maybe our relationship as as father or son or mother or daughter isn't going to be the same? Or do you push it off to the side in order to keep that relationship first? Jesus' words to us this morning are tough love words. They're, they're hard. But tough love is true love. It's real love. And so we can't let fear of broken relationships get in the way of, of being a true follower of Jesus. We can't let the fear of not having a good relationship with our father or our mother be, the, be in the way of the true relationship of our Heavenly Father. So we hear these tough words and we take them to heart. And then right after that, Jesus doesn't give them an easy way out. He continues with another hard saying. He says, whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. These words may be a little bit less shocking, but are they any easier? Are you you willing to, to put aside your sinful desires your sinful wants in order to carry that cross? Are you able to push aside the the sinful desires of hate and greed and lust and anger and jealousy and the list goes on and on? Are you able to put those down to pick up your cross and follow Christ? Because that's what Jesus is asking for here. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus explains a little bit further what it is to carry your cross. He says, if anyone would come after, me, come after me, he must deny himself and carry his cross. Carrying your cross is a denial of your sinful self. It's easy to think that we all in this room have a different, individual, unique cross that nobody else in this room can really relate to. We're all individuals. We, don't have, we all have different crosses, but that's really not true because we all really have one cross. Your cross is not necessarily the the sickness or disease that you are struggling with. The cross is putting your trust in your Savior, in your God, that no matter what happens here on earth, he cares about you, he loves you, he's going to work it out for your good, and even if your life here on earth is cut shorter than you would like it to be, that you're going to spend eternity with him forever. The the cross isn't dealing with family problems and issues here on earth. The cross is putting your trust in God that no matter what happens to your relationships here on earth, your relationship to your Heavenly Father is never broken, is never shattered because of Christ. The cross isn't living in a world so, or in a country so divided against itself that it can hardly stand The cross is putting trust in God, that he is in control of it all. It's putting trust in the king of the universe and not putting your trust in the princes of the universe, or of the world, sorry. It's trust. 
The cross is putting away yourself, putting away your sinful desires, your me-first mentality, and, and looking to God and saying, Lord, I trust you. No matter what happens here on earth, I trust you. And so that's what Jesus wants us to consider. He wants us to consider that following him means that we need to have a relationship with him. It means denying ourselves and carrying our cross. And if that sounds difficult, it's because it is. Life here on earth is tough. It's a race filled with obstacles and hurdles, a life filled with toil and pain. But when you think about how tough it is, I want you to think about who it is that calls you to take on this task. The one who calls you to take on this task is Jesus himself, the one who denied himself and carried his cross for you. It's, it's the Jesus who loves you more than any mother or father, any son or daughter ever could. It's the Jesus who loves each and every one of you perfectly. That's the one who calls you to this task. It's the same Jesus who says to you and to me, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and find rest for your souls. This is what Jesus says to you. We find rest by carrying our cross. As, as weird as that sounds, we do. We find rest. Jesus promises it. And maybe you're thinking, why would God have us carry our cross in the first place? It's certainly not to achieve our own salvation. No, that's one at the cross of Christ alone. It's not a, a punishment for your sins. No, once again, your sins were paid for in full at the cross. You're not carrying a cross because of something that you have done. We carry our cross because when we carry our cross, we can't help but think of Christ and his. When we carry our cross, we keep our eyes locked on Jesus, our Savior. In truth, it's a, it's a training exercise. It's faith-building, it's faith-strengthening. So we carry our cross for Christ, and we follow him because he has promised rest for our souls. And the beautiful thing, too, is not only that we have a, a Savior to follow, one who comforts us and tells us that we have rest for our souls, but he also gives us his holy word. His holy word which guides and directs us on our path, a light for our feet and a lamp for our path to show us the way in which we should go. And ultimately to show us our Savior, the, one, the, the book that tells us all about Jesus and what he has done for us. And if that weren't enough, then he gives us his sacraments as well. Physical, tangible evidence and proof that our sins are forgiven. Our sins are washed clean in baptism. And in the Lord's Supper, we get to taste, we get to eat and to drink the true body and blood of our Savior for the forgiveness of all of your sins. And on top of that, not only does he give us a leader and his holy word and his holy sacraments, he gives us brothers and sisters in the faith, follow, fellow followers of Christ who are carrying the same cross, who have our eyes locked on the same leader 
to help and to support and to comfort and to guide us on our path to say, come on, we're doing this all together. How wonderful is that? So when you count the cost, when you realize that you need to deny yourself and to love God first, to deny yourself and to carry your cross, but then you realize all the gifts that God has given to you, it's all worth it, isn't it? It, it, it is worth the cost. What, what builder, before he begins to build like Victory of the Lamb is about to do with a preschool, who, who plans a project without lining up all the things, lining all your ducks up in a row before you start building? Because if you don't do that and then you start building, who knows what's going to happen? Or what, what king goes off to war without realizing that maybe, maybe I can't win this war? But those are both earthly problems, earthly situations. How much more important then is your eternal life? Realizing that this is life or death. But Christ is with us all the way and Christ has given us every blessing that we could ever want. And so the cost is high, but the reward is even more worth it. So brothers and sisters, let's deny ourselves. Let's love God first and let's carry our cross and follow him because it's worth it. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.